Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walking Truth Christian Fellowship Church, uh, Real Talk Weekend. I'm going to be with you briefly, and I want us to discuss and discover some areas of our life that we can improve on. Uh, last week, I did a one-minute encouraging word to about uh, reflecting, uh, reconnecting, restoring, uh, redirecting, rejuvenating my philosophy of life that I believe is biblical and I see God in all those reads and reasons but I think the hardest thing for us to do truly is to learn how to forgive and what I mean by that I have so many people come to me saying I've been offended and I just can't let it go I might say I forgive, but I really don't. And sometimes I don't want to. Now, let's let's look at it. There's many ways we can look at it, but I, I want to look at it this way for today. Unforgiveness is one of the most, if not the most, selfish act a Christian can practice. Almost to the point of questioning their salvation. I'm going to say it again. Unforgiveness is an act practiced by a Christian that brings into uh, question whether they are saved or not. One of the greatest things you can do as a Christian is repeat, practice, and promote forgiveness because it was given to you and for you to have the audacity the nerve the arrogance and the ignorance to hold on to for unforgiveness when you proclaim this is what you proclaim that God has forgiven you has thrown all your sins as far away from each other as the east to the west has forgot about them all things have become new you have a new relationship with God. You have a new relationship with your brother and sister Christ, but you have decided that you can't forgive. It really brings into question your salvation and whether you understand truly, <clears throat> excuse me, what was afforded to you at Calvary. And that leads to understanding that this confession we make with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and we're saved. There's a lot more to that than just saying it because you have to remember in that you were forgiven. All the sins of all humanity for all time were put upon him and it was paid for by his death and his blood. And it's through his blood that you, if you're going to walk the path of Christ, you have to walk the path past the cross through the river of forgiveness through the blood. You have to walk that way. And if you find yourselves in positions whereas there's one person that you can't forgive, then you might not be saved. You might not be participating in the forgiveness of Christ because you don't see the magnitude. It should have an effect on you. As when you're offended, how are you supposed to do? Too many scriptures tells us to forgive and forgive and forgive some more. 
there's no limit to forgiveness. Which means there's no limit to exposure to pain and offense. But even the ones who are afflicted with offenses, the Bible tells us that they're light compared to the afflictions that were put upon Christ. And that there's a glory in understanding the afflictions that people put on you. That we can apply the balm of forgiveness. And just maybe once they see the forgiveness of our hearts that we get from Christ, because without it, we don't have forgiveness at that level. They may be curious and something may happen in them that they may want to know this God who has taught you how to forgive, who was very selfish and self-centered and strategic with their forgiveness. Forgiveness is liberating. Not just for the person who's done the offense, but the offended. And when you walk with Christ long enough, your natural disposition is to forgive. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. There's a righteous indignation. Something happens, an offense happens. There's an anger that is, and, and, a, and a displeasure that is displayed. But it never leads you to the point where you don't think forgiveness can be applied. Which means, no matter how bad the offense is, Jesus is the answer for redemption. And we need to quit being so selfish with our Jesus because Jesus was selfish with his forgiveness. We're so particular. I mean, there's some sins that, oh my God, we just cannot forgive because in our psychological makeup, we figured out which ones that God wouldn't forgive. But, um, what if that sin that you won't forgive is the sin that God has died for and and you're telling people you can't forgive and therefore because you're the super saint God doesn't forgive you know that's blasphemy you know that's ignorance and arrogance we should not be even mentioned among saints of God that we're so high and mighty that we can't forgive because if we can't forgive we can't be forgiven Mean that you can't call yourself a child of God and not have forgiveness. That's the greatest God-given gift that you could have that you could display to others, this ability to forgive. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm not talking about Bible knowledge. None of that stuff means nothing if you can't forgive. It's empty. It's just vanity. No matter which way you cut forgiveness, forgiveness is never vain. Think about it. Everything else can be somehow uh, manipulated into vanity, but forgiveness cannot be. It's a great thing to be able to boast that you forgive like Christ. That you're trying to reach that level where the offenses will come and they come because we're here, not necessarily because we sin, but offenses expose our immaturity because we don't run through the river. When we get offended, we should run straight to the blood. We should run straight to the blood when we're not forgiven. We should run straight to where God wants us to be when we're not forgiven. Or let me put it another way, excuse me, pardon me. When we have an opportunity to forgive. And when we're, we're not forgiven, we run straight to the blood. But when we're offended and we need to forgive, we need to run to the river of the blood. We need to walk through it, wade in it, swim in it. 
That's the where the life is. It's in the blood. When I think about John, where it talks about believing upon him, as the scripture said, and out of our hearts and bellies and our minds shall flow this riving water. John 7, 38. I think about that. I think about those who are thirsty that needs forgiveness. In that passage of John 7, there, there are people going to church and going through the rituals and being at a feast. But when they still come out, they're still missing something. And, 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 and they're going through the motions and they have a face of happiness. But if you know what they really want, they want somebody to tell them that they've been forgiven. They want somebody to tell them about a God that has forgiven them, that has sacrificed his life for them. They want to know people who have been through things and done some things to other people and they believe Christ has forgiven them and they've sought to be forgiven. And only when we really understand the magnitude of forgiveness can we walk in this thing called joy. I'm forgiven as much today as I will be tomorrow because he renews his mercies and his grace to me every morning. And there is a common grace to those who don't know Christ that he gives them. It's called that next breath. That he gives to everyone because he wants them to know he's the king, the Lord that can forgive you. He's the king and the Lord that that can absolve you. He's the king and the Lord and the final say so to every aspect of your life. But what's the point in giving you all the stuff you think you want, but you don't have a forgiving heart? I would even dare to say that some of the things that you desire deep in your heart that are good and godly, you may not have experienced it or may not have manifested in your life because you've never swam in the water of life that starts at the shore of forgiveness. You never swam in the water of life, which is the blood. You never swam in it because you never got off the shore. You never walked up to the edge and forgave. You are still holding unforgiveness in your heart. And you can tell by your responses and your selfishness that you do. You spend an exorbitant amount of time trying to explain to other people to get on your side to get them not to forgive which is of the devil anytime that you spend time trying to get other people not to forgive you are acting like your father the devil you're trying to build a case to make other people feel a certain way about somebody else which is you have unforgiveness so I'm looking for others to pile on with me to have unforgiveness when you do that you are your father the devil And that's what happens. You need to get off that boat, get away from them people. But the Bible says men prefer darkness rather than light. For their deeds are evil. But light it, let the light explode, expose your unforgiveness. Let the light shine 
in your areas of, of life that you're not willing to uh, uh, forgive, that you're being so selfish that you don't think God sees that. God has said, you can't participate fully in all that I have by carrying that anchor, that albatross, that noose around your neck of unforgiveness. You can't. It will always hold you back from the true manifestations of God. You won't be able to see it. God is trying to take you from ankle deep to knee deep to waist deep to swimming and you keep rejecting him because you haven't forgiven. I can't take you to the next level till you forgive. You have a lot of knowledge. You have a lot of Bible scholar. You 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 you, you do all the church stuff. Uh, you participate. You light the candles. You do all the stuff that you think you're supposed to do that's religious, and you think that you're hiding the fact that you're un, that you don't have you have unforgiveness in your heart. You be doing a lot of good deeds, but there's unforgiveness in your heart. You are doing all this work for nothing because it's nullified by the fact you haven't forgiven, and you're probably not saved. True saved folk, as they mature in this, run to forgiveness because that's what they their strength comes from. That they were forgiven and they want to pass that strength on to somebody else and let them know that God has forgiven them. And therefore, they're going to live a life before the people of being offended, but always forgiven. So I want you to think about that. Unforgiveness is a heavy weight. And it's too heavy to bear. Who hasn't disappointed? Who hasn't done somebody wrong? Who hasn't lied? Who hasn't cheated? Who hasn't misrepresented one way or other? Who hasn't held back information? Who hasn't lived a lifestyle uh, at some point of lasciviousness? Who hasn't? Let the one who has sinned cast the first stone. And if you say you haven't sinned, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. So who hasn't? But God says, I love you. I forgave. And it's covered by my blood. And all I want you to do is believe that it has worked. The blood has worked. Because it's only effectual if you believe. It's more than sufficient. But it only works for you if you believe. And if you don't believe you're forgiven, you will not be able to forgive others. So you can say it if you want to, but your actions show that you don't understand it. Or maybe you haven't had it explained the way I've just explained it. How can you forgive if you don't believe you've been forgiven? And how can you not forgive if you understand you've been forgiven? I can't say I, I, I really grasped the understanding the fullness of what God did for me at Calvary and I, and, I, and I was forgiven and then turn around and not forgive somebody else. Or I reject the, 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 the forgiveness of Christ and then I'm out here forgiving everybody. It doesn't work like that. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You live your life based upon appreciating what was done for you in the times of your life that were most embarrassing, 
most shameful. You were most ignorant. When you felt unloved, somebody loved you. And the one who said they would never leave you nor forsake you, all you have to do is start learning how to forgive. He said, appreciate me by understanding that. How to love. You're going to sacrifice your will for his and say, he says, forgive. How do you reject your king that loved you so much to die for you? How do you reject him on that? How do you deny him that commandment? How do you rebel against him like that? How do you hurt his heart like that? How do you put yourself in a position to not be saved and show that you're not saved, show that you're just religious, and then end up opening your eyes up? He ratifies your decision of unforgiveness. You're not saved. You're not sanctified. You're not set apart. You're just going through the motions. Lord Jesus, help us. Too many churches are doing that, going through the motions. I've met more, this is my experience, I've met more Holy Ghost filled, set apart Christians that come to Christ late in life than those who grew up with him. Some of the meanest people I know, when they they tell me their church genealogy, they've been in church all their life and they are no closer to Christ than the day they professed when they was 12 because the lack of understanding was there. And I'm not saying before you write me down, I got to say, well, I still have Okay. My question to you is, since you've been saved since you was 12 and now you're 50, tell me, give me examples of your forgiveness. Give me some examples of your sacrifice and your love, not to church, but to people. When is the last time you had a testimony beyond he woke you up this morning? You've been in this thing for, for four decades. Your testimony should be great now. Your walk of life should be, your light should be shining. But all I see is religion. The Lord has blessed me to go through experiences where, where, where church people have just been religious and ambitious for titles and all of that. They'd rather see the church fold than rather see the church grow. They'd rather see the church stay like they like it is then move forward and and the sad part about it is God has warned them God has shown them and they still reject God and I know why it is because their selfishness and unforgiveness it just stinks we don't want the newness and the freshness of what forgiveness brings we want the stale flowers and the decayness of of selfishness. How do you start off with with 26 ministries uh, auxiliaries and end up with none? And I see the decline and the decline is in true forgiveness. Forgiving and letting other people do Letting the young come up. There's nothing to forgive them about. But you set up these these, these afflictions that are self-inflicted wounds. 
And you need to ask for forgiveness and repent. Repent means the biggest part of repentance is not the godly sorrow. The biggest part of repentance is the changing of one's direction from where you used to be and completely opposite. You go come in one way and go out another way. Never to come back that way again. It's never to be brought up again. You have forgiven. That's the straight way. So I want you to consider in your heart right now your unforgiveness. I want you to consider in your heart that those lead-based shoes that anchor around your neck of forgiveness that's stopping you from seeing the manifestations of the goodness of God in your own life. Your unforgiveness, your stubbornness, your rejection of the truth, your rejection of what God has done for you. Your reprobate mind, you need to repent. No, you, I don't want you to run out and stand in front of the church and get no testimony. I want you to start living a life of unforgiveness. I mean forgiveness, I'm sorry. I want you to start living a life of forgiveness so you can see the fruit. And once the fruit is starting to bear, now give a testimony. Right, right now, receive it as a rebuke. I'm planting the seed of rebuke for all those unforgiving hearts that's in the body of Christ. All the leaven of unforgiveness. I'm, I'm rebuking it now in the name of Jesus. And now this rebuke, we're going to repent. And then what we're going to do is move in a different direction so we can display the fruit of the Spirit. And one of them is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. And we all do that by coming up and jumping into the water of forgiveness. Saturate yourself in the capacity to forgive by understanding what God has done for you at Calvary. I pray that for you. I pray that this pricks you to your heart and drives you to your knees to ask you to for, ask God to forgive you for even thinking that way, to, that, that you a child of his that would even take his forgiveness for granted and not give it to someone else. You would play games like, I don't have to like you, I have to love you. The devil is a lie. Let's not play some manister's words. Either you all in or you all out. You can't be both. Because I'm positive there's nothing that nobody has done to you that you haven't done to somebody else. You can play that game if you want to as you've been so good. But even died, God died for you. You hypocrite. He wants you to come right now. He already knows. He knows the darkness of your heart. He says, I want to get in, but you have to let me in to expose it. And I pray this is the beginning of the exposure of the darkness in your heart, that you'll get on your knees and repent and ask for forgiveness. And if you're not saved, you will cry and ask God to save you, and he will. That this message is now is a separate time for salvation. Your salvation is now, not tomorrow, now. Because we don't know when grace runs out. Tomorrow's not promised to you. So as much as you have been forgiven, forgive even the more. And watch God move and manifest some great spiritual growth in your life. 
This is Pastor Jay. I thank you for listening. Please continue to check us out at Walking Truth Christian Fellowship on Facebook. Like us, befriend us, follow us. Also continue to, uh, you can befriend me personally on my personal Facebook page, James Sutton II. You can also listen to our podcast on uh, SoundCloud, Walking Truth Radio. Please share this message. Share it everywhere you can. And continue to learn how to forgive. And also you can contact me at WITMIN at Yahoo.com. So I thank you, bless you. And like I always say, I thank you for listening. And I want you to be blessed. And I want you to be peaceful. So may God have a blessing and a mindset of peace for you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Peace, y'all. I look forward to encouraging word on Monday. And, and yeah, don't forget to listen to our Bible study lessons, which also are on Anchor and um, and SoundCloud under Walking Truth Radio. And we just finished the book of Ezekiel. And it was an awesome journey. Uh, again, Sister Venus Jackson taught that lesson at the evening Bible study. And again, if you're in the St. Louis metropolitan area, please feel free to drop in and say hi to us. Uh, We are currently at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ building located at uh, 2301 Wallace Avenue. That's W-A-L-L-I-S Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 63114. Our times of service are 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesday for Dig Deeper Bible Study and 8 a.m. on Sunday. So you're going to hear that again at the end of this message, but I just want to encourage you, stop by, check us out. If you got any questions, please contact me. Peace.